1: Cassandra Morgan was brewing potions in the potting shed. Bent over a softly simmering cauldron, she measured out an ounce of powdered peppermint, a drachm of dried rosemary, and 13 drops of tincture of ginger. She had been there for hours, so long in fact, that Montague had given up chasing woodlice and was taking a nap amidst the cabbage seedlings. Now and then, the cat opened one golden eye to check on her progress and make helpful comments like, "You've miscounted, that's fourteen peppercorns,' or, "'I'd grate the lemon peel finer if I were you.'" Cassie was working in the potting shed because she had been forbidden by Mrs Briggs, the housekeeper, from using her camping cauldron indoors after accidentally setting fire to the moss green rug in her bedroom. It was only slightly singed, but as Mrs Briggs explained, there was a lot of wood in Hartwood Hall and a lot of antique furniture. Cassie had complained that she couldn't possibly work out of doors because she was trying to brew an enlivening elixir, which required very steady temperature control, and it had been blowing a gale all week. Brogan, the gardener, had taken pity on her and let her use his shed, so there she was, amidst towers of terracotta pots and salmon-coloured geraniums, carefully feeding tindergrass to the fire beneath her small copper cauldron. It's supposed to be turning a shade of warm apricot, said Cassie, checking her witch's handbook once more. It would, if you would only give it sufficient time and keep stirring, said the grey cat. Montague was Cassie's familiar. He could do a little magic of his own, but mostly he was there to provide annoyingly practical advice at every opportunity.
0: Skye McKenna is a children's fantasy writer living in Scotland. Skye's debut novel, Hedge Witch, was published in 2022. The first in a five-book series. Today, I'm talking to Sky McKenna about the second book in that series, Woodwitch. Skye McKenna, welcome to the Good Reading Podcast.
1: Hi, Greg. Lovely to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: You grew up in the Pilbara region of Western Australia, but you've moved to Scotland, presumably in search of witches, which is that much harder to find in Australia.
1: I'm sure Australia has just as many witches as Scotland, actually. Um, I lived in in the Pilbara as a child. I grew up in the outback of northwestern Australia um, and absolutely loved living there. But my family moved to uh, Perth when I was a little bit older and I lived in Perth for most of my adult life. And I've only moved to the UK in the past seven years, actually. But I do love living in Scotland. Um, I love exploring the forests and they've got lots of castles here and wonderful ruins and things with lots of magical stories behind them as well.
0: I noticed that in Woodwitch, there are lots of witches, but I haven't come across any warlocks so far. Will we see some in the following books?
1: Ah, I think warlocks get a brief mention in Woodwitch. And certainly if you're interested in warlocks, you'll learn a little bit more about them in uh, Hedgewitch, which is the first book in the series. And we're going to learn even more about what happens when witches become warlocks, because in my books... All witches are called witches. We don't have wizards or warlocks or anything else like that in terms of gender. Witches take an oath, which is when they agree to use magic for good and to help and protect their communities. But when they go against their oath and start to work for the more wicked and dangerous people of fairy, they become warlocks. And that's something we get into a bit more as the series goes on.
0: Well, let's talk about the land of And That's where your story is set. It's described as just beyond our own but I can't find it on Google Earth. And so how might I find my way to the land of fairy?
1: In Cassie's version of our world, in Cassie's version of England, you can reach fairy by crossing through something called the Hedge. And the Hedge is actually a vast enchanted forest. It's the biggest forest in Britain, in Cassie's world. And if you wander through it on one of the four crossing nights, so the four crossing nights happen every year at four different times. If you can go through the Hedge at those times, you'll find yourself in fairy. It acts as a sort of gateway and as a sort of portal to that world.
0: So we first encountered Cassie Morgan in your debut novel, Hedge Witch. Now Cassie is still a fledgling witch. What does it take to become a fully fledged witch?
1: So when Cassie starts to learn witchcraft in Hedge Witch, the first book in the series, she soon discovers that there are lots of different stages to her training. So witches in Cassie's world don't go to a witch school, they go to something called coven. And in Cassie's case, this is every Friday after school. It's a bit like an after school activity, a bit like guides or scouts or brownies, actually, which a lot of people will be familiar with in Australia. So Cassie goes to this and she starts to work her way through the different levels of magical training. And the first thing she has to do is pass something called the fledgling test. If she passes this test, she gets to become a fledgling witch, which is the first stage. Uh, and that's what happens in book one. And in the second book, she realizes that to go for the next stage, she needs a certain number of skill badges. And she decides to get her coven mates, her friends, to help her earn something called the Woodwitch badge. So that becomes a central part of the story for the next one. So anyone who's been familiar with guides or scouts will be aware of the sort of skill badges and things you earn. And in Cassie's world, you can earn these badges for things like making potions or flying a broom or casting certain types of spells. And the Wood Witch Badge is particularly used for witches having a good understanding of the natural world and of woods and forests. So she has to learn all about different magical trees and certain potions and things that you might need. And one of the things she has to do is spend the night in the forest, which is a very dangerous thing when you live near the forest of the hedge.
0: We heard from Montague the cat in our reading. Apparently he gives good advice, practical advice, but is he just annoying or truly giving practical and useful advice?
1: I think Montague is a very good friend to Cassie and he often warns her because she's quite sort of uh, stubborn and quite determined to sort of rush into things. And Montague gives her... of caution and sometimes makes her stop and think about what she's going to do next so he's sort of like a helpful guide and and mentor at some points but at other points he can be a little bit too cautious and a little bit of a stick in the mud and sometimes Cassie has to override what he says and go for what she feels in her gut and be brave and go ahead and do what she wants to do.
0: So that's a character we met in Hedge Witch but we're also introduced to two of Cassie's friends Rue and Tabitha and together they faced quite a few challenges, goblin kidnappers and a dangerous shape-shifting fairy creature. But in Woodwich, the three friends must solve the mystery of a lost treasure. What is that treasure, and why do they need it so badly?
1: Oh, I can't tell you too much about that yet, Greg, without spoiling the story for readers. However, I will say that the the friends, Cassie, Rue, and Tabitha, have to work much more closely together in book two in, in Woodwich. In Hedgewich, they're really still kind of, becoming friends and getting to know each other. And initially, uh, readers will remember that uh, Ruin and Tabitha don't necessarily get along and they have to sort of learn to work together. Whereas in Woodwitch, they're a much stronger team and they're able to sort of face things like this unknown threat and these mysteries and figure them out by working together. And that teamwork is a really, really important part of the story for them.
0: Together, they've got to venture into the Forest of Hedge. I wonder, what will they find there? What's so dangerous and so spooky about the Forest of Hedge?
1: Yes, so the hedge is what locals call this enormous forest. Um, And what's really interesting about it is not only does it act as a border between our world and the world of fairy, but a lot of creatures that have come out of the world of fairy have taken up residence in there over the years. And some of those are very dangerous and some of them can just be a bit tricksy, but possibly helpful if you keep on their good side. And one of the things about becoming a witch in Cassie's world is, is learning all about the fairy folk and knowing which ones are really dangerous and which ones you just need to handle carefully. So there's all sorts of different things that Cassie encounters in there. She encounters goblins and wisps, but also some scarier creatures, particularly in Woodwitch when she goes deeper into the hedge and ventures into some new areas. And there she meets possibly her first hopeful fairy, as well as some very, very dangerous and scary fairies as well. I think that's where
0: she meets or Encounters, perhaps is a better word. The Earl King. Now, I know the Earl King as a figure from German folklore. What's he doing in the land of fairy? Is he as dangerous as the legend would have us believe? Or is he just misunderstood?
1: I think we still have a lot to learn about the Earl King, about where he comes from and who he is. And I think readers who are really good at picking up on little clues as they go through will learn more and more in each book. And then I think it will be up to them to decide whether he is a good guy or a bad guy. And I think that's something that we have to look forward to going forward. I don't really like stories that are too black and white. I like when readers get to make up their mind about who the good guys are and who the bad guys are and on whose side they would like to be.
0: And now Sebastian, um, that's Cassie's cousin, he seems like a good guy but has great potential for causing trouble.
1: Yes, so Sebastian's Cassie's cousin and he comes from Cornwall, he lives in Cornwall, Uh, but he's been invited to stay at Hedgley with Cassie and Hartwood Hall for the, the Halloween celebrations and for Halloween. So he comes to stay but he's not really happy there and he... Is a sort of child who isn't really interested in magic but is much more interested in science and in technology and he takes a dislike to all the old-fashioned ways of Hedgeley and Hartwood Hall and Cassie finds this very difficult to understand about him. He's also got some difficult stuff happening at home which makes him a bit troublesome and difficult to deal with but even if he's sometimes a bit annoying um, I think eventually Cassie learns to work with him and to just really understand where he's coming from and what some of his, his background is and, and why he is the way he is.
0: And some very interesting characters in your book, but also a very interesting place, the village of Hedgley. And there's lots of interesting places to visit in Hedgley, uh, and I really enjoyed poring over the maps that are at the front of this book. I just wanted you to give me a couple of ideas, what I might find in some of these places. Widdishins Bookshop, now it's a destination for first edition books. Why is Widdishins such an important place in this story? Well,
1: Widdishins is actually Cassie's favourite shop on the high street in Hedgley. And I think it would probably be my favorite shop as well if I got to visit Hedgley, because it's full of books, but not just ordinary books, a lot of magical books as well. And books that have been written by people who know a lot about the world of fairy. So sometimes she finds things like goblin recipes in there or books of spells, or stories and legends from a long time ago about ancient witches, and she just loves exploring and discovering new things in this bookshop. But what's very special about it is that it is actually the only shop in Hedgeley that's run by a fairy. Widdishan is actually something called a hob, and hobs look a lot like goblins, but unlike goblins, they tend to be much easier to deal with and much friendlier. And um, he's actually a very particular sort of bookseller but so he's, he's quite fussy sometimes about his books but other than that he's generally helpful to Cassie and actually gives her her first copy of The Witch's Handbook.
0: Another place I'm interested in visiting is March Paints. It's a bakery and sweet shop. What delicacies might I find there?
1: Yes, yeah, so March Pains is probably the favourite shop of a lot of the children um, and teenagers who live in Hedgeley because that's where they go to get all their snacks and their sweets after school. Um, I think one of the first things that Cassie has there is something called a toadstool tart, which is a raspberry tart with white spots like a toadstool. And I'd love to try baking these or to see someone who tries to make these themselves because I think they'd be really, really yummy. There's all sorts of lovely treats and delights that they discover in there. And I think Cassie's going to keep going back there in future books.
0: Let's talk about Bramble's, Bramble's Tea Room. Is it a nice place to have a high tea?
1: Bramble's is actually a new shop that we discover in Woodwich, which Cassie didn't get a chance to visit in Hedgewich. So it's quite a new place to explore for readers who've already read the first book. Um, It's run by uh, a particular kind of witch who has a very strong interest in the properties of different herbs and flowers, and she makes up special teas. What I particularly like about her teas is that when you go into the shop, there's no menu and you can't choose what you're going to have. Instead, she brings you the tea that she thinks you need. So if you're feeling really tired, she'll bring you a tea that will pick you up, and if you're feeling really angry, she'll bring you a tea that will calm you down. And so Cassie always gets a bit of a surprise when she goes in here because she doesn't know what's going to come out to her. Um, and I think in general she she discovers some of the magic of plants and of tea through experiencing this at Brambles.
0: Will I get pickled at the pickled imp?
1: No, well, I certainly hope not, not unless you cross the, the barkeeper Emily Moore on a bad day. But um, the Pickle Dimp is, is the pub in the village of Hedgley. Every good English village uh, has at least one pub and they often have some funny names, but they're often quite warm and welcoming places when you go in there. And I think uh, it's really the centre of the community and the centre of the village in many ways and a place that you can go and get some calm advice and have a nice drink. Uh, It doesn't need to be an alcoholic drink, as Emily Moore says, when Cassie goes in, everybody that comes in gets a drink. Uh, No matter their age, they can have something fizzy and sweet or they can have something else. And um, it is a warm and and sort of comforting place and and a place that is particularly nice to go to in the middle of winter, which is uh, when Cassie visits in Woodwich.
0: I've got a lot of questions, particularly about the hedge, and I spied on the map a weir stone. What's a weir stone? What does it do?
1: Yes, so readers of Hedgewitch, the first book, will first encounter the weir stones, and the weir stones have been erected inside the hedge to help protect people from the dangerous creatures of fairy that lurk there. Um, They're a little bit like standing stones and they have special runes carved into them and they were created by ancient witches and and some of the first hedge witches as well. And if you can get close enough to one of the weir stones, you'll be safe if anything is chasing you because none of the fairy creatures will come near the weir stones. But as readers of Hedge Witch will know, um, there are certain forces out there trying to destroy the weir stones and take away that protection. So there are fewer of them now than there used to be and the, the hedge is not as safe as it once was.
0: It seems to me that you are a book person, very interested in books. And, of course, Widdishan's is a magical place. Are uh, Libraries, magical places for you too.
1: Definitely. So I think uh, without libraries, I don't know whether I would have become either a reader or a writer. Um, We didn't have a lot of books in my house when I was growing up. And and most of those we did have were nonfiction and encyclopedias and things like that. Uh, But I was very, very lucky that we had a wonderful local library, and an amazing librarian as well who used to do a lot of storytelling. And every week, my mum would take me to the library, and we would get out a stack of books, and I would go through them very, very quickly and bring them home and uh, Uh, return for another stack the next week. So uh, I'm still very much a library reader. That is where I get most of my books from. I love the fact that it gives us a chance to experiment with different authors, to try things we might not normally read and to just read far more widely and to really, really explore literature. So I'm always excited when a reader tells me that they picked my book up in the library. That always makes me really happy.
0: This is the second book in a series of five books, what might we discover where might we travel what sort of magic will we encounter in the remaining books in your series
1: that's right so there's three more hedgewitch books coming in which cassie and her friends will get to have some further adventures And I'm really excited for people to start reading the third book, Sea Witch, which will come out next, uh, because in that book, we're actually going to travel away from Hedgley and Hartwood Hall and the Hedge for a little bit and learn more about the rest of the magical world that Cassie gets to know and to learn about and different kinds of witchcraft and different kinds of fairies. And I think that's going to be quite exciting. Um, And also the next book coming up is very much a summer holiday book. So it's a great book to take away with you when you go on your holidays. And after that, things are going to get a little bit more darker and a little bit more dangerous for Cassie as she starts to grow a little older and learns more about what's really going on on the other side of the hedge in Fairy. So she's going to have to make a lot of difficult decisions and learn some things about her past and her family's past, some secrets which might upset her or make things a little bit more difficult. But that's all part of growing up. And I think that we're looking forward to um, a very exciting end to the series where Cassie and her friends get to really try out all these new uh, skills and talents that they've been learning.
0: It's good to know that there's more to come and that the magic will continue. And Sky McKenna, thanks so much for joining me on the Good Reading podcast.
1: Thank you, Greg. It's been wonderful.
0: I've been talking to Sky McKenna about her new novel, Woodwitch. It's published by Welbeck and you can find it at goodreadingmagazine.com.au. My name's Greg Dobbs and thanks for listening. This Good Reading Podcast was brought to you by Book People Gift Cards. Share the joy of reading with a Book People Gift Card. To find out more, visit bookpeoplegiftcards.org.au